It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, not as bad as what you think. Could Robinson set a record and may the odds be in your favor? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Hitting hard as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Check us out on the SiriusXM app and follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So the Braves did it again. They won another series, beat a uh, first-place team in the Milwaukee Brewers, went on the road, beat the Brewers, and they won two out of three against them. And as we talked about, they'll see the Milwaukee Brewers six times over an eight-game stretch. So now they head up to Boston and take on the Red Sox for a couple of games. But Rizal Iglesias picked up the save yesterday, and that's his 18th save on the season. And of course he was banged up and beat up a little bit early on in the season and wasn't available at the very, very start of the season. Now it's kind of funny because a lot of people have had their angst about Rizal Iglesias, just again, closers in general, right? But if you look at the numbers for Rizal Iglesias, okay, with that save yesterday that he got, that now makes him 18 for 20 in saves. That's a 90% closing percentage okay that gives him the seventh tied for seventh I should say in highest save percentage in Major League Baseball now anytime a closer can be 90 percent or better in their save situations that's kind of been the benchmark of where you want to be you're in that 90 percent range you're one of the better closers in all of Major League Baseball and I know people are going to point to the four losses that he's had But when you look, there are nine closers with at least 10 saves that have had as many or more losses as what Iglesias has had. So again, 90% closing percent, seventh among all pitchers with at least 10 saves, four losses. Yes, we don't like four losses, but there have been nine closers in baseball that with 10 saves that have had as many or more losses as what he has. And he doesn't lead the league in losses, by the way. There are closers that have more losses than him, five and six losses. So again, we go through this routine every year when it gets to be really about this time of the year. Oh, well, do we need to address our closer? Or, you know, oh my gosh, you know, he, he wasn't perfect and flawless. 
we'll we'll talk about history here in just a minute. But just as a PSA reminder, you know, there are very few guys that are Dennis Eckersley in 1990. Like there are few guys that just go out and they win the Cy Young and they win the MVP and have these kind of monster years as your closer. I mean, those guys are few and far between. You know, we don't see very many of those guys come along, you know, even even of recent memory. Like there are just, you know, there are there are very few dominant closers over a long stretch of time. So again, 90% closer. Okay. Like I, that's right where you want to be. He's at 18 out of 20 saves. Yes, I get the four losses, but still you're looking at a lot of top closers that have at least that many. He's right in line with everything that he needs to be. But as I said, we go through this song and dance routine on a yearly basis. You know, last year was Kenley Jansen. Oh my gosh, you know, can Jansen hold down the fort and he's not good and he's given up to, and again, you look and I think he finished what first overall in saves. And I think he finished like fourth and save percentage or something like that. I mean, again, he was money when he had to be. There's no real issues or problems. Go back to Will Smith. You know, again, how much angst did we have about Will Smith? Well, he had a big time year, closed out the World Series. I mean, for us, I mean, again, we go through this, you know, routine of we have panic for our closers. You know, again, we, we get used to Smoltzy and guys like that, that, you know, we're putting up 50 save numbers and we think that they're going to be flawless and perfect. These guys aren't, you know, and again, offenses are, are designed to just get after guys that, that throw a hundred miles an hour. That's just the nature of the beast. I mean, again, when, when you're throwing junk up there, that get, that that's more, you know, unlikely for what hitters are going to be expecting except when your closer comes in and he's just firing fastballs after fastball at a hundred miles an hour. So again, do I think the Braves are going to get some bullpen help? Yeah. I think that they'll add a bullpen arm or two, because again, now they're still fighting some injuries, right? I mean, we're still fighting some of the same things that we were earlier in the season, you know, and again, some guys are not performing as well. So I expect another left-hander, you know, Minter's been up and down, but, Expect another left-hander in our bullpen. And I think Alex Anthopoulos will, you know, try to upgrade that that part of our team. I, I don't think that there's any, you know, again, I think closer, starter, I think those are the most likely candidates for upgrading the Braves at. But the idea that, that we're struggling at closer or there's been this narrative that's been going around. And again, he's had bumps in the road. Right. I mean, again, he's had he's had some blips and some bloops and some bumps and stuff like that in the road. I mean, that's that's true for all closers that that doesn't make him unique. But when we shake out the numbers at the end of the day and we go through and look at, OK, where are we as far as, you know, closers go? And I look, obviously, <clears throat> he'll have a lot of opportunity to close out games because, again, the Braves will win a lot of games. Braves are going to find themselves in a position to win a whole bunch of these games. So again, I, I don't have really any angst about where, where he's at right now in this spot, what he's doing. I think he's a more than competent closer. Again, we'll see come playoff time, right? I mean, that's where the rubble will meet the road as far as 
can he get it done in the postseason? That's the spot that we look at and say, okay, that that's kind of where we even judge some of our closers as far as just their their clutchness or their you know ability to handle under pressure, right? I mean, Mariano Rivera is the all-time model for all of this, right? I mean, he was the all-time guy as far as closers go, not just because of the saves that he had during the regular season, but his postseason moments, right? We saw all those big moment after big moment after big moment in the postseason, and his numbers were outstanding in the postseason, and that's where he made his reputation. But at the end of the day, Iglesias is just fine. We don't need to upgrade a closer. We're not going to go get ourselves another closer. We're not going to platoon closers or anything like that. Iglesias has been fine. Has he been outstanding? Has he been Dennis Eckersley, 1990 caliber? No. No, he's not been at that level. But I'll take 18 for 20 in saves. I'll take 18 of 20, 90% save percentage. If you can give me 90% save percentage at the end of the day, that's where I need to be. That's that's exactly where I want my closer to be, 90% and above. That's always been sort of the magical threshold, if you will, about closers and where you want them to be. So, again, I've got no real angst about Iglesias. I, I Again, I think he's doing a, a good job. Has he been outstanding? No. But has he been really good? Sure. He's been really good. And the Braves are just rolling right along now as they're now – you know, double-digit leads over everybody in in their division now. I mean, it's just it's, it's starting to get away from some of these teams. Even when the Braves were stubbing their toe, they were expanding their lead. Now they're 11 and a half games up on Philadelphia, 11 and a half up on the Marlins, 18 and a half up on the Mutts. I mean, again, they just keep expanding and expanding this lead over these last, you know, handful, you know, 10, 10 15 games, and nobody can do anything about it. So our closer is not going to be, I think, the reason that we're going to, you know, if we do find ourselves struggling at all in the postseason, I don't think that our closer is going to be the real issue. I think it could be a combination of what's our starting pitching looking like and can we get through some of these middle reliever innings that have to be there. So we'll see. But Iglesias is doing his job and he's pitching really well. So, again, 90% close percentage on the season. All right, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And as you're looking at Major League Baseball and we're in the second half of the season, if you want to bet on MLB, there's no better place to do it than on FanDuel, where you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. That's right. You just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or whether you lose. It's $200 you can spend on betting on everything from money lines to over-unders to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And obviously, best part about FanDuel, it's a safe, secure, super easy-to-use app. And most importantly is you get paid instantly when you win. There's no better place to bet on MLB than on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And sign up today to get your $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L O C K E D O N. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. So, one of the numbers I was looking at as far as running back and records go and things like that for the Atlanta Falcons was receiving yards. Because, again, 
we anticipate the idea is camp's going to open up here. You know, it'll open practices will start on Thursday. Guys will be reporting this week. The veterans will be John Robinson's already up there, but I was looking at some of the numbers for running backs and the all time leader for a single season in receiving yards is 735 by William Andrews in 1981. He had 735 yards and two touchdowns in 1981. That's the most ever for a running back. Now, do I think that that's a number that Bijan Robinson can approach and potentially break? That's a pretty stout number. I mean, that that's a pretty stout number. But again, we saw Tyler Algier kind of come out of nowhere and end up with a thousand yard season. But again, we saw we saw Tyler Algier kind of come out of nowhere and have himself a thousand yard season that nobody saw coming. I mean, we didn't see a thousand yards coming, you know, for all of this. But and again, even in seven starts. So again, he set records for for Falcons, you know, rookie running backs and all this good kind of stuff. So can B. John Robinson be a guy that catches 735 yards? you know, out of the backfield. Like I said, that's a that's a pretty stout number when, when you look at everything. But I think Robinson's got a shot at it. Because again, if we're not going if if we're not gonna have Desmond Ritter kind of force the ball downfield where Marcus Mariota, you saw certainly times that he forced the football down the field. Maybe he becomes that maybe Bijan Robinson becomes kind of that safety valve. And if they want to use positionless football and they want to use Bijan Robinson and his ability to catch the football in all different spots and things like that, as people are focused on Drake London and Kyle Pitts and, and obviously worried about Tyler Algier and Robinson running the football, maybe, maybe, you know, Robinson finds his way to catching a whole bunch of yards coming out of the backfield. I mean, again, 735 yards, that that's a pretty stout number. Because again, I still think that he's got a shot to be a thousand yard rusher in this offense. And that's, you know, again, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't start a whole ton of games and Algier gets most of the starts or whatever like that, there'll be plenty of carries and plenty of opportunity for Bijan Robinson to make impacts in the game. But I think that you look at Robinson and they no matter who it's been, whether it's been Pitts or London they will work their rookies in slow and steady over time and build up their workload to it, right? Again, we talked about Algier only starting seven games, you know, and again, part of that was Patterson getting hurt. And again, he wasn't getting the lion's share of the carries. Then that just kind of built and built and built and built. So again, that's the number to beat, right? I mean, if Robinson wants to set his own record. And again, maybe he could be a thousand yard rusher in this, you know, in this, in this league. But I, I look at the total yardage, total yards from scrimmage for a B. John Robinson, because again, we talked about, and, and obviously Arthur Smith, more importantly, has talked about the idea of positionless football. He's going to be all over the field. He's going to be used everywhere on the football field. And that means Again, lining up in the slot or whatever like that, it won't be just line up in the eye formation for a Bijan Robinson. But 735 yards, that's a that's a pretty hefty total. And I was surprised to see 
that William Andrews actually, besides the 735 yards that he had in uh, in 1981, he's also got the next highest total for a Falcons running back with 609 yards and four touchdowns in 1983. And then you go to Art Malone uh, after that, and then you go into Devontae Freeman, who had 578 yards in the uh, 2015 season, the year before the Super Bowl. So, again, <laughs> was kind of surprised to see William Andrews catching that many passes when they had Alfred Jenkins and people like that that could stretch the field. So maybe that's the theory is that, again, if some of these guys are headed downfield and, you know, again, Jonu Smith and Kyle Pitts and Drake London find themselves being covered deep, Maybe Robinson becomes that safety valve. And if you dump it off to him, you know, again, he can accumulate a lot of yards. He can accumulate a lot of yards after catch, get those yak yards, right? So it'll be a number to watch, you know, just from a craps and giggles type of standpoint. Again, if he's six or 700 yards receiving the football or receiving uh, the ball, I'm not going to be mad at, uh, at all of that. The number I'm going to be most interested in at the end of the day is going to be his touchdown mark. That's going to be the number that I'm going to be looking at. Okay. Again, when you draft a guy eighth, you know, I can, I can accumulate yards any way possible, run it, catch it, whatever like that, special teams, whatever like that. But I want to see what the touchdown total is. Okay. If it's, if it turns out to be that it's only one touchdown for B. John Robinson, then I'm going to be disappointed. But if it's again, Say he, say he rushes the football for 700 yards and he catches 500, five or 600 yards out of the backfield and he has 10 touchdowns to go along with it, be perfectly fine with all that. I just want to see this offense score touchdowns. I can live with Kyle Pitts being a guy that, you know, catches 55 passes for 850 yards, but he's got to score a dozen touchdowns. Right. I mean, that's at the end of the day, what we're going to be measuring this by and what the impact on the game is going to be. So bear in mind that 735 yards receiving for a Falcons running back is the franchise record. Could Bijan Robinson get to that number? I don't know. It's a pretty stout number, but certainly I think they'll, I mean, again, not that they're going to try to get the record, but he certainly could be in line to catch a whole bunch of balls out of the backfield and accumulate a lot of yards in the passing game, making Desmond Ritter's life a whole lot easier when all is said and done. All right, as you listen in to Hitting Hard, uh, make sure you go into whatever podcast platform that you're listening on and go in the comment section and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. We call them our everydayers, and we thank you so much for being a part of our community. But let us know that you're an everydayer to the program, an everyday listener five days a week in the program on whatever podcast platform that you listen on. Leave us a comment there. So may the odds be in your favor. So right now, the Braves are the betting favorite in all sorts of numbers. So and this is from our friends over at FanDuel. So the Braves are a plus 340 to win the World Series right now. Dodgers come in second at plus 430. Tampa Bay comes in at third with a plus 550. And then the Houston Astros are a plus 850. When it comes to winning their league, their their conference or, you know, their league uh, in it, Braves are a plus 150 to win their um, side of the uh, bracket, if you will. Um, the Dodgers are a plus 190. And then it goes to 
plus 1200. So the overwhelming favorite is certainly certainly the the Braves and the Dodgers to win the National League. When you look at the NL East, okay? The Braves are a minus 20,000. Minus 20,000 whereas Philadelphia is a plus 6500. So Philadelphia is a plus 6500. The Braves are a minus 20,000. Does that tell you a little bit about who they think is going to win this thing when all is said and done? Because, again, that's why I've told you the division is over. Vegas is telling you, FanDuel is telling you that this division is over with. Now, when you look at most likely World Series, okay, the most likely World Series betting odds-wise right now is Atlanta versus Tampa Bay. That's a plus 700. The Dodgers in Tampa Bay is a plus 800. And then you have the Dodgers, sorry, the uh, Rangers and the Atlanta Braves at a plus 1100. So two of the three most likely betting scenarios as far as the World Series go involve the Atlanta Braves. And look, there's no reason not to have the Braves at the top of every list and every poll and every odds maker that you can possibly have. They're having a remarkable season. They're running away with the division. Their divisional lead is only what? I think it's two games. I think it's only two or three games less than the combined uh, mark of every other division in Major League Baseball. Braves have had a remarkable run. They are certainly the class of the National League. We've been telling you for weeks now that this division has been over and there's no signs of slowing down with all of that. This may be end up being the Braves' best offensive squad in its franchise history. I mean, you know, well, I shouldn't say franchise history, but in modern-day 20th century history for the Atlanta Braves, this is shaping up to be the best offense that the Braves have ever had. Matt Olson is obviously on track to have a career year, but also set the Braves' home run record. Ronald Acuna Jr. is doing things that, again, we may look at at some point – is he having the best year of a Braves outfielder in, in their history? Uh, that That's how good Ronald Acuna Jr. has been. With the power, with the speed, with the batting average, with the on-base, he might be having the best year as an outfielder in Atlanta Braves history. You know, again, and that includes Hank Aaron, that includes him, that includes Andrew Jones, that includes Chipper, includes Sheffield, includes Dale Murphy, includes everybody in it. He may be having the best year ever for an outfielder. So again, as the Braves continue to just dominate, and and I think that they are, I think that they've won more series against teams above 500. I think they have the best mark against division leaders and stuff. Like every metric is lining itself up that it's telling you that the Braves are the best team in baseball. Now, again, obviously we get to the postseason, anything can happen, right? I mean, Leo Mazzoni has told us anything can happen in a short series although I don't really believe all that stuff, but okay, anyway. Um, but no, I mean, look, no reason not to think that the Braves aren't the betting favorite in everything. No matter what metric, no matter where you look, no matter no matter what number that you want to put out there, the Braves have been the most complete team in Major League Baseball. And for a long time, again, you know, it was Tampa Bay, and they were, you know, kind of looked at as, okay, they're, they're the best, you know, team overall. 
Um, the Dodgers, you know, was certainly in that mix and stuff like that. But, you know, again, as Tampa Bay has, you know, faded a little bit after they had that monster start <clears throat> to their season, they're actually a couple of games back of the Baltimore Orioles, who have been outstanding um, this year. Dodgers are leading their division by four. You know, again, eventually that just that kind of wears you down over 162 games. Again, the wear down factor of Arizona and San Francisco. And then obviously it's been a disaster for the San Diego Padres, who are 10 back right now in the division. But we've overtaken everybody in Major League Baseball. And now we are the team that should have that bullseye on our back. So, again, when I talk about World Series or bust, this is World Series or bust time. Um, there's no reason to think that this isn't the best team in Major League Baseball. There's no reason to think that, again, Tampa, the Dodgers, whatever squad that you want to, you know, again, um, uh, Baltimore, whatever squad that you want to put up against them, this is the best team in Major League Baseball. We should embrace it. We should have, you know, again, we should be talking about winning another World Series. That should be the minimum expectation is, again, anything involving not winning the World Series should be a disappointment when you have the best team in Major League Baseball. And I don't want to hear about, you know, anything can happen in a short series. I don't want to hear any of those excuses or whatever like that. We should roll through this thing and steamroll our way into the World Series. Again, the division is completely over. We can kind of coast our way into the division, certainly keep the number one seed going, you know, again, beat up on all these bad teams within our division. We'll see what the division looks like after the uh, trade deadline is are people going to stay, people going to go and things like that. But this should be us steamrolling our way through. We've got the offense. We've got enough starting pitching. We're going to get Max Freed back. You're going to plop the best left-hander in baseball right into the middle of our rotation. All of those good things that come along with it. So let's embrace the idea that the Braves are the best team in Major League Baseball. They're the overwhelming betting favorite right now in everything. The division, World Series, <clears throat> best matchups, whatever it is. Most likely matchups, who's going to win the National League. Like Everything points to the Atlanta Braves. Let's embrace it and let's make it, you know, a situation where we're in World Series or bust mode right now. That's what we've been in over the last couple few years. Now let's embrace the idea that we are the cream of the crop as far as the National League goes. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We your first listen. Be sure to go into whatever podcast platform that you listen on and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. So we call them our everydayers, and we thank you so much for being a part of our community we ask you to subscribe or follow for free on youtube or wherever you listen to your podcast you get the latest episodes of hitting hard as soon as they become available also check us out on the sirius xm app and give me a follow on my personal twitter page at jmch316 back with you tomorrow this has been hitting hard with john chuckery locked on sports atlanta Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.